are listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, streaming live at www.newhavenindependent.org and broadcasting live from our offices at 51 Elm Street. This is the first episode of 2017 of The Tom Ficklin Show. Lucy, good morning. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning, Tom. It's such a pleasure to have you introduce me in this first first day of the work week, first day of the work week year. Um, it's something that most, a lot of people are kind of relaxing today, and we're going to relax here in the in the studio as well. We might not fall asleep because I guess they could hear our snoring, but we are going to try to stay stay awake, and I think we might even try to share some awakening moments with people in our audience in terms of what the Tom Ficklin Show for 2017 might look like from an audio standpoint for uh, 2017. We're going to focus a little bit and shift up a little bit in terms of a, a general overall theme of social justice and social change. And every guest will really address that issue in terms of what does social justice, social change mean to him or her in terms of their passion and product and avocation and vocation. And what, what are they um, pursuing in terms of solutions? So we're going to have a variety of people in that represent a variety of occupations here in in the world, actually, as well as some new occupations. But the overall theme and they, which they will be addressing is social change and social justice. Uh, something that's been on my heart, let's just say it's been stimulated since the uh, November episode and af- af- after the January 20th imposter uh, situation, I think it'll even be more clear why, regardless of what your political affiliations might be, that these, these kind of rubrics or these terms of social change and social justice, uh, I think really have some, some resonances. They're often used perhaps as uh, too often as cliches, but I think there's going to be some real meaning whether people want to address it directly or indirectly. So we're going to have people on the show every week that will be addressing this issue of social change, social justice directly, as well as things that you might have an interest in being an ally to joining, being a part of challenging. In fact, I'm, I'll be challenging the, the guests a lot in terms of whether they're just doing this because of the, the, the hype because of the market opportunity or whether their passion or purpose truly aligns in terms of their authenticity pertaining to the subject. Lucy, let's just hear a little bit more if we could from, uh, from, from Earl, cause that make my day. I really, I really like that. That's the, that's what we want to, we want to kind of an overall theme for this show in terms of making all of our days bright and happy for really for eternity, but I won't be too metaphorical. Let's hear a little bit more of make my day from Earl Whitaker, a local artist that we love so much. Speaking of, speaking of loves, in fact, I think I'm going to use Earl. I'm going to vibe off each. I, haven't, I really haven't listened totally to all of these, what we're going to hear. But uh, but in terms of make make my day and make my lover, uh, radio has become really a, a passion for me, uh, really as a opportunity that was presented by Paul Bass and the New Haven Independent and the new station, uh, WNHH, although we're a little over a year, a year old. And Lucy's been here from the beginning. I have from the yeah. inception. I have pre prenatal. I'm not going to go there, but at least from when it, yeah, when it was but a fetus, see, but a fetus, and even the pro- probably in the planning stage. Chat. We want. I want to chat a little bit before we talk about Ro- Robert Goodridge, who will Robert Goodridge, that who will be our guest next week, and Robert is representing the 
uh, an organization called that their acronym is uh, is race, but it stands for Radical Advocates for Cross Cultural Education. Radical Advocates for Cross Cultural Education. But before we get into that, Luce, I wanted to kind of share with people that you, you always hear about the issue of free lunch or is is something really free or hidden hidden costs. This station is free in the abstract, but someone pays for it and someone needs, and we need to pay for it as a community. And so people are investing in this station in a variety of ways in terms of the hosts invest, uh, the audience invest with your time, which we really appreciate. But we do work in a system at the moment where there is something called the, the, the dollar and the financial system <laughs> and banking and expenses. So Lucy, share a little bit about, about the fundraising aspect that's underway. Yeah, well, um, uh, you know, it's horribly unfortunate that we live in a capitalist society, Tom, but we do. And uh, and the New Haven Independent, which is housed under the online journalism project, a 501c3 nonprofit that WNHHLP for low power um, is also housed under. These need donor dollars every year to keep going. And this year, I'm really proud to say that the Independent is one of around uh, 50 organizations, nonprofits, news outlets across the country that are part of the Knight News Match. And so the the Knight Foundation is a wonderful foundation that supports independent media and has for a very long time. And between now and January 19th, that's the 19th day of January, any dollar that someone gives to the New Haven Independent up to, I think, $1,000, will be matched. So dollar for dollar, your dollar is matched, which means that it goes twice as far in helping us do what we do. It's really important, I think, to me, to Paul Bass, to Brian Slattery, to Markeisha Ricks, sort of the core team and also the independents, wonderful um, sort of part-time team and, and freelancers and everyone who reads it, that it is a product by and for members of the community. But we can't do that without money. So... I understand that some people don't have the resources to give anything right now, but if you're listening to this and if you have something to give, it can be $5, it can be $10. We'd love it if you gave us $1,000. Um, please, please, please consider giving to hyper-local online journalism. It lets us do what we do. And, you know, Tom, I think we do it pretty well. Do it, You do it very well. And, you know, the very well is even a, even an understate statement. Superb. I've gone on record in print on my blog. I've gone on record uh, on during this this uh, station during this program. I'm going to go on record again. I've uh, been around the the track of life a few times and have traveled uh, through various cities and have been really a media junkie for several decades. And I'll say once again that there's no other hyper local station in the United States that has the richness, the variety, the talent the expertise and the competence as this particular station. And so I say again, I challenge the readers because people can, the listeners rather, folks can kind of tune into to this station anywhere on the planet. If you think your hometown has a, a station that has better programming, has better topics, has, has better expertise, has better voices, let us know. Let's, let's have, let's have a challenge match in this regard. Uh, but I'm, I'm very serious about this WBAI and Pacifica network in the past. And there's a whole history of a, uh, what I like to call liberated journalism and liberated radio media. But we, this, this, this particular station, we don't want to sleep on the fact of the value and the quality of what we have here in little, little old New Haven, which is becoming a, a global broadcaster. How will some of the funds be used, Lucy? Because people I don't think really understand the, the leanness and meanness 
if, if they knew if they knew Paul is Paul coming in coming in today? Can I say something? Paul before? is coming in today. But, Paul is coming in. So Paul Bass, our fearless leader, our wonderful, wonderful editor of the New Haven Independent and director of WNHHLP, is coming in today because at eleven a.m. on Mondays he hosts Mayor Monday, when Mayor Tony Harp talks to him and talks to the community, and it's just one of the programs that we provide for people. You know, it's a program where people can call in. They can talk about concerns that they have. And I love that in this studio that is the size of a closet, if listeners haven't uh, been in, you're welcome to come take a tour. It doesn't take very long. Um, (laughs) In this tiny studio, there are some magical and really civically important things that happen, Tom. Well, absolutely. And and for folks to find out, and we we are going to go to a little bit about what the remaining shows for some of the first quarter shows for this year might pertain to for the Tom Ficklin show, but some of the hosts and topics, my my spirit tells me to let's just spend a moment on that. I lose in terms of the first working day of the year for people to really, in my mind, really get a a grasp of, uh, of what, what, uh, Joe ugly's up to what the, (laughs) what the pundits are up to, what Elise is up to, what, uh, yeah. uh, Well, uh, what, what would you like to know? So we, we have a line up, we have a lineup of several weekly shows and then several bi-weekly shows and a couple monthly shows that I'm really proud of being a part of. Uh, some of these shows I brought on, some of the hosts Paul brought on, and um, and we have shows that cover a little bit of everything. If you want to talk about food and food sustainability, I do that. And uh, a relatively new host, Hagen Ingle, who many people know through the New Haven Food Policy Council also does that on her show, The Table Underground. We have a show about law, life, and culture. We have several shows where we talk about sort of um, the really dangerous poverty umbrella and how that extends to health, to food sustainability, to kids getting the medical care they need, to kids getting the education that they need. And uh, and for instance, someone like Mubarka Ibrahim on her Wednesday morning show might come in and talk about that someone like Babs Rawls Ivy on her Friday show, which is usually a one-on-one interview that spans everything from veterans rights to black girl magic to um, prisoner rights as well to prisoner rights and reentry and the importance of, um, of really changing what reentry looks like in this country. Um, You know, all of those happen in the course of a week. Like often I'll start off a Monday listening to someone uh, who is, you know, doing policy in the Naugatuck Valley because that's our Monday morning 9 a.m. show. Then I'll uh, I'll listen when I'm producing your show uh, to anything. You know, it, it might be a musician, it might be an author, it might be an academic. And I'll round out the week listening to Spanish language radio with Norma Rodriguez Reyes, who's the publisher of La Voz Hispana. So it's really, it's something that's really rich. It's something that I couldn't have predicted, um, but it, it isn't uh, free for us to for us to do, and 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 I've been around town as I say a few few decades, Lucy, and to see and I'll say this again: everyone is into maybe I shouldn't everyone, but when the new year occurs, it does tend you to tend to make you want to reflect and think about what maybe you haven't done or what your new resolutions are. <clears throat> but I've been around this town. I'm, I'm, I suppose this pertains to most towns where cohesiveness and community building and working together and teamwork is not always that easy. But it has amazed me in such a blessed way uh, in terms of how the, the hosts and the station have, have come together. Paul gets sent out the lifeline and people came and contributed. And again, this is a every volunteer and folks come out and the guests come out as well. 
uh, on a volunteer basis. Um, and it's just, it's just so remarkable to see uh, the, the, the teamwork um, of people really giving and contributing to the station. So this little pitch is not uh, unintentional. It's very deliberate and intentional that we do want you to uh, consider uh, making an investment in this station in the online media, online journalism project. Uh, and really it's not, not just a uh, investment in a particular entity. It's an investment in you. It's an investment in us. It's an investment in uh, what we can do moving forward. Uh, we hear just lastly about this, this term called, called fake news. And some might say that even some of the, the uh, earlier, the, some of the network stations that started, uh, that starts one in particular that starts with an F, I won't mention his name, uh, was started by Rupert Murdoch was uh, the initial uh, launch of fake news. But regardless of whether you consider some current um, broadcast mediums to be fake news or not, we have heard that term and for what, for better, or for worse, it's even going to be more challenging to find out what is real, what is happening, what is real in your community, what is authentic in your community. And as Lucy alluded to, this station provides that opportunity really for us to have uh, on the ground information that's, that's lucid and, and, and clear and, and viable. So Lucy, again, people can contribute. Yeah. Um, so, so now th- people can always contribute to the New Haven Independent and WNHH, and we will always really appreciate those gifts because they go directly to the media that we produce, both in radio and, and in online journalism. But uh, between now and January 19th, your dollars will go twice as far. And there are two ways that you can contribute to the, the excuse me, the New Haven Independent. So um, online... If you go to www.newhavenindependent.org, there is a, a little button that says donate. I think it's in the top right corner of the page. But also on the main page, there is something that says support online journalism now. And if you go to that article, it will tell you how to support online journalism. We really appreciate we We appreciate it all year. But if you are thinking of supporting online journalism if you love your community as much as we do, please, please, please give between now and January 19th. I, I think we've covered that. I think, I we, think so. <laughs> but we might come back because this, this, there's nothing. Sometimes you have to go as the spirit moves you. And when you have something that's available that might not be here forever, I think it's good to kind of understand and appreciate uh, the, 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 not only the legitimacy of it, the value the, the importance, and as I say to, to everyone, I want to, so next week, uh, next Monday, my guest will be Robert Goodrich, and Robert is out of the Waterbury area, and um, the name of, he's the co-founder of, of an organization that's uh, entitled the Radical Advocates for Cross-Cultural Education. Ro- Robert Goodrich will be here in the studio, and we hear a lot uh, about education and how it connects with the economic system and what it, the purpose of education. And then we hear more, a lot of, a lot of specific uh, critiques and comments and dare I say controversies about the purpose of education, the delivery of education, who benefits from education is education. In fact, part of the problem repeat is education. In fact, part of the problem, the, the radical advocates for cross-cultural education certainly feel that some parts of the educational system, maybe not all, but some of the key components of how education is defined, delivered, managed, uh, uh, made accessible to people, to all people, that that might be part of the problem. And, and, and I'll let Robert be more specific next Monday when we chat. But literally, uh, 
that he will talk about how the radical advocates for cross-cultural education are challenging systems of oppression by advocating for culturally competent educational practices. Again, challenging systems of oppression by advocating for culturally competent educational practices. If you're interested in what that means, again, Robert will be here, uh, Robert Goodrich, next uh, Monday morning in the studio. And we're going we're to unpack that because if you really think that education is a bad thing, to break it down, is challenging the, the, the strongest thing that needs to happen. Do you need to abolish or correct or rebuild or start something afresh? But how do you challenge something that's, uh, or that's, been, that's been operative? So challenging systems of oppression, and then they have some strategies in that re- regard. Their vision, again, the radical advocates for cross-cultural education, is an increased community response for educational dilemmas, an increased willingness by school professionals to examine implicit and explicit biases. And again, when I mentioned implicit and explicit biases, we will also have on the, the uh, Tom Ficklin show this year several people that will chat about implicit and explicit bias and the various uh, tests that people can take online, how various uh, systems are using these uh, implicit, implicit bias tests to perhaps uh, rearrange a person's thinking to, to impact their behavior, to kind of uh, cause them to, to see how they may be able to, to be, behave in a less, a less biased fashion. Robert's group will also, uh, he'll be talking also about how do we uh, deal with organized labor and their pre- position vis-a-vis minority teacher recruitment. We've heard a lot about minority teacher recruitment and the, the lack thereof and the, uh, the, the impact on students if they find uh, that the, the certain teacher composition can either impede or, uh, or accelerate their, their, their student achievement. Also, uh, Robert's going to chat about the nonpartisan political support. Uh, even if you're not in, uh, affiliated with a political party or political institution, uh, what does a community and civic uh, support of, uh, of, of, of education and, and the economic uh, uh, delivery system, what's involved there. So we're going to hear from Robert Goodrich next week, Radical Advocates for Cross-Cultural Education. Again, the theme for the year will be how do the my guests relate to, provide solutions to, or looking to uh, participate in this, this quest for social justice and uh, social change. Let's, uh, let's take it back to our good friend, our good friend Earl Whitaker for a second. I, I love his music and hope you do as well. Welcome back to the Tom Ficklin Show, and that was Earl Whitaker. And I promised Earl, again, for 
new, for, when a new year comes, you kind of think about what you haven't completed in the past. But so I'm trying to get this off my, my to-do list. I promised Earl at least seven months ago, Lucy, that I was going to play it, maybe eight. I mean, who's counting, right? We know, <laughs> we know it wasn't before the show, but certainly it was a little bit shortly after we started in, in August of, uh, 20, uh, boy, 20, 2015, I guess. Um, yeah. but so I'm trying to make up for, for good time and it's a good way to kind of start off with Earl and kind of uplifting, make our day, our day music. I was just chatting about Robert Goodrich will be with us on uh, January 9th in terms of the radical advocates for cross-cultural education. And then following Robert, we're going to chat with, again, staying with the educational theme, Jonathan Berryman is going to join us. Jonathan, uh, in addition, some of you may know the name in terms of director of, he's also director of music at the Messiah Baptist Church in, in Bridgeport, but he's also the director of, and founder of the Heritage Corral here in New Haven. But in addition to that, he's, he's a climate leader at Barnard Environmental Studies Magnet School um, on the Boulevard area. And he's been involved with the school system for, oh, my guess is maybe 18 or 19, perhaps 20 years. But so Jonathan's going to be here talking, and he's the climate leader at Barnard Environmental Studies Magnet School. And again, the theme of this year is social justice, social change. How does the guest, their purpose, passion, mission relate to that theme and what kind of solutions are they coming up with? So you might ask, what, how do, what's Jonathan going to talk about in terms of the, how's, how is he going to relate that, the theme of social justice, social change to his job as a climate leader at Bernard? Well, there's a lot of discussion, thought, even evidence <clears throat> that social justice, even within school systems, might be kind of a variable and not a, not a constant, particularly when it comes to discipline and, oh, and managing the school, et cetera. So we have this term climate leader. I remember when I was in uh, elementary school, uh, Lucy, I'm not being, I can't tell, put all of my business on the street, but I can remember the days when the principal had a paddle and the paddle had holes in it and you would do something and then you would, you would receive the paddle, uh, applied to a certain part of your, of your backside. And, and I'm not sure if you remember those days, Lucy, that might not have been when you, when you went to school, I you know they I went to like crunchy Montessori school and oh, they did not no we did number lines and if you I think if you got in trouble you had to like sit in a chair in the corner. And how about in in elementary school? No, no, you went straight to the principal's office though, and, and we were afraid. And did we the were paddle? Did the, was there a paddle on the door? No. So when I went to elementary school, there's a paddle in the visibly apparent in the principal's office, which was applied. And if she or he didn't want to do it, then the gym teacher did it. But to make a long story short, in elementary schools today and also in Lucy's day, that's not the case. But nonetheless, you do have discipline issues. And, and so uh, Jonathan, I'm not trying to minimize his job, but as the climate leader at Bernard, his job is to really uh, focus on the fact of how can we create a healthy, nurturing, non-penal <laughs> uh, climate in the school systems in general, but particularly at Bernard. And uh, Jonathan's been kind enough to agree to come on the show uh, in, in a few weeks to talk about the, the climate leader role, uh, his role, and his me- the methodology. And again, there are legal implications involved. And as I mentioned before, when I was in school, we, we did get paddled. And I'm not going to tell you how many times I got paddled, but not a lot, but I was able to, I probably didn't get caught as often as I should have. Uh, but this issue of, 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 and we've seen, many of us have seen these episodes and these videos of Oh, disturbances in schools, and we know we have these guards in school now and metal detectors. So the the list goes on and on. But it, is that is that kind of a penal approach the best way to create a healthy, nurturing, 
uh, productive educational climate, particularly at that at that uh, middle middle school and elementary school stage stage of life. So I'm looking forward to kind of chatting with with Jonathan uh, Berryman in terms of uh, the, the climate leader. How do we social development skills? How do the uh, teachers re- relate to this young people in terms of if there's a little bit of disagreement about how much noise should be in the classroom or or what kind of activities are taking place? How do, how do we manage a an environment uh, that that's healthy, productive, and not penal. We know about bullying kind of occurring, et cetera. I was with a, a young lady yesterday, uh, Lucy. I, I use the term young lady loosely. She was she was eight, but I always ask this, and I'm gonna I'm sharing this with with everyone and, and encouraging you to maybe do this. If you if you're talking to an eight or nine or ten year old, and I've done this for at least the, the last decade, you know, you make small talk and you ask them where do they go to school. Then I ask them who's your favorite teacher. They always, within five to seven seconds, can respond to that question in terms of who their favorite teacher is. They also can, I follow up with, what does that teacher do that you like? Within five seconds, they can respond to that. Then I ask them the key question, what teacher needs to improve him or herself? They can answer that in three seconds. If there's a less point in time, and they, then I'll ask them as, as a follow-up, what does that teacher specifically need to do? And they can tell you that in their own language. Uh, yesterday, the young lady mentioned that the teacher that needs to improve herself, she needs to stop yelling as much. And if she needs us to be quiet, to not yell and just address us with directly and say specifically that what you would like to have happen. I asked her whether the students would respond favorably to that. She said some would, some wouldn't, but enough would to maybe kind of create a consensus. But literally, test, test that out. I've done it for at least a decade. I've asked eight, nine, and 10 year olds, your favorite teacher, what does that teacher do well? And then what teacher needs to, I don't say what teacher is bad, but what teacher needs to improve his or her behavior. And I use the word behavior and they can address that immediately. But so Jonathan's going to be in, in, the, in, the, in the studio in a few weeks talking about uh, not Barnard School, yes, but also the issue of climate. What, what does a climate leader do and what's the impact of a climate leader here in the city, city of New Haven? Let's go for some music. day of the year for some of us that are working and some of us are home and enjoying themselves as they as they well should um i was just looking lucy at the uh, the wall here and the new haven independent is which has various awards and plaques as as it should and although the new haven independent is uh 11 years old i was looking at a plaque 
an award that Paul received in 1998 from um, when he was with the New Haven, New Haven Advocate. And I mentioned that in terms of the, the richness of, so you have someone that's really invested his, this is, by the way, this is not the Paul Bass uh, show, or no, we're not roasting him, but I like to t- kind of let people know about founders and starters because as we kind of think about the startup environment and the innovative environment, uh, think about what you want to start or, 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 or launch in, in, in 2017. Sometimes you have to go against the tide who knew uh, 11 years ago whether the New Haven Independent would still be around and it's received a number of awards and articles in the New York Times. And now, as I say, the station, in my mind, is the best in the, in the well, I'm not sure. I'm, I haven't gone travel that much internationally, but certainly domestically, it, 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 sta- it stands alone in, in my mind. There are some college stations uh, throughout the United States that are, that are reasonably good. But again, they're not as versatile in terms of their, their, their guests and their musical, and they don't have that much it's not a broad base in terms of generations and genealogies. Um, uh, but so Robert Goodrich will be on the show uh, next week. We'll have Jonathan Berryman. And then following that, uh, Anola aired. Anola has been on this show a few times. Uh, and again, the theme is social justice, so, social change for, for this year. And she's going to talk about something called the, the Community Healing Network. I've had her on the show before. The Community Healing Network has been around Oh, uh, about 11 years as well, uh, Lucy. And they've, they've, they've also been in, when I say been around, they've been in, uh, in Cuba, in, 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 in England, uh, in the Bahamas, throughout the United States in terms of this, this, this function of community healing network and this emotional emancipation kind of theme where they have a, a, a paradigm that addresses the fact of, are we in fact a healed community? Are we, in fa- can we, do we need healing? What does healing mean? What kind of uh, techniques and methodologies and group settings and educational formats can, can help us to uh, become more of a holistic and, and uh, less injured and vulnerable uh, species? It pertains particularly to, to black people in particular, but again, we, we all are humans at some, at some level, one, one would hope that is still the case. But the Community Healing Network, uh, Nola is the founder and she has a number of friends and they've had a a number of uh, workshops and also had a seminar and some symposium for two, for two days at the Congressional Black Caucus uh, for the last two years. Uh, there have been workshops here in New Haven. They have an emotional emancipation healing toolkit that's available to folks. But we're going to talk about this theory about the, and, and, and also it's, it's fact to some degree, uh, the, the community healing network. How do we heal? Uh, folks talk about the fact that we, we might see the, the world to be fractured and divisive and we might even be at here in the United States, emerging or or launching Civil War Ten, but in spite of those metaphors, I think there's a there's a strong feeling consensus that uh, maybe we can be better as a species. Perhaps we can kind of grow as a, as a, as an integral part of of helping one another. So the Community Healing Network, Anola Air, the founder, will be with us, and she'll talk specifically about uh, the, the Community Healing Network, what they did in, t- in 2016, kind of a, a year in review. Also, we'll share again and, and consistent with the consistent with the theme of of uh, social change and social justice and solution based. What the Community Healing Network will be doing in 2017, and we'll have a, also a discussion about the the movement for emotional emancipation in light of current events. Man, as we know, the current events are fraught with a variety of feelings and uh, trauma and, and and anxieties. So this will be after the. Someone will place his his hand on the Bible, uh, and we'll we'll talk. And so uh, we'll talk about the uh, discussion about the movement for emotional emancipation in light of current current events. And that kind of topic at current events can take place at any point. Anola's been on the show before. Looking forward to chatting with her 
about the Community Healing Network, which was is available to people throughout the globe, quite frankly. Uh, but also she has a lot of techniques and the, the, the movement for community healing and emotional emancipation. Um, let's see. Let's go to a little, little music. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. I got. I got to get my. I got to fulfill my commitment to my my good my good friend Earl Whitaker. Lucy, you and I were just uh, chatting offline there about the, when you look at civilizations and the rise and fall of civilizations and the rise and fall of cities and just sustainability. I mean, you can think of Detroit and, and other places that, that had their heyday of Motown City and now going through through, through issues. We were just chatting, Lucy, about the need for uh, for, for in a, in a consistent innovation, creativity across the board that don't let the old guard you know, things have been established. Even New Haven Independent, there might be someone that has that said they can do an online journalism project better than the New Haven Independent. Come on, come on down. Bring it. We need we need that sustained growth, for, particularly from the millennials and the and the younger people. Would Would you agree? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tom, it's it's really interesting that you bring up Detroit because I so I I grew up on the east side of Detroit and I was just there visiting my folks, and it was so um, both wonderful and and weird and and broke my heart to come back to New Haven. And it feels so dense and so populated next to Detroit, um, which of course is, is huge. Detroit could eat New Haven several times over. But um, but just to see how many buildings, even downtown and in the midtown area of Detroit, which are considered fairly populated areas of the city, um, to see how many old buildings there are, are sort of vacant and boarded up right now, and then to come back here. So yeah, I, I think it's really important if, if people have a creative impulse and they're here, yeah, practice it, share it. And, and we're, we're considered the cultural capital of, of Connecticut. And again, we have some, some old, some institutions that have been around since 1701 and others that kind of given kind of a longevity and a, and their place on the global scale, but nonetheless, and we hear the term about uh, human capital and, and uh, startups, this and startup that, which are really important. But as you say, Lucy, it's so, so incredible. It's so needed from a sustainability standpoint 
I can think of some churches that I know now that are vacant and some churches that will soon be vacant. And whether whatever you're in, into religion or whatever type of business you're in, I mean, if you have a retail store, you now know that your challenge or, or some of the, some bookstores are no longer in existence. So, so technology changes, but again, the younger folks have that, that, that mindset in my mind. I love, uh, by the way, Lucy, the Metropolitan Business Academy that has really a nice in, innovative curriculum for, for students. I love the high school and the community that's dealing with social justice. So there, there are ways here, I think, for, for folks to kind of tie in um, to, to, to just being, being freer and being, being more, more supportive and, and enjoying yourselves more. Oh, yeah. We were just chatting also about the International Festival for Arts and Ideas. So we have O-line institutions, or I think it's almost 20 years old for the International Festival. But there's always need for more. Cafe Nine's a nice place. Uh, there's a lot of gospel concerts that take place. But there's always room for to, uh, to just, just take it to the next level. There's always room to take it to the next level. And you see some of that, Tom, with uh, with relatively young festivals like the New Haven Documentary Festival. I love that we have that. I don't think that many people know about it. That's another thing that's completely free and open to the community. And um, and I, you know, when I think of, or for instance, the Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, which I think maybe you have to pay a cover of of like two fifty or five dollars to come and see these movies, some of which are really really bad, and some of which are really really good that uh, young filmmakers, but but filmmakers of all ages can enter, make in 48 hours, which is really, really a feat if you think about everything that goes into it. I think those kinds of things are, are very, very vibrant, and they make the city a more exciting place to live in. I love, I love that you mentioned that. In fact, we had Charlie Musser, uh, who's you know, very much involved with the New Haven Documentary Film Festival uh, in the spring. We'll have him back on again. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, we'll have, have Charlie back on. Um, so Robert Rock is, uh, Robert Goodrich is going to join us here in the Tom Ficklin show. Um, Jonathan Barryman will be joining us. Uh, Anola Aird will be joining us. Also, uh, following that Robert Rock, Robert, again, the theme is social justice, social change. What does that mean to you? Uh, how are you kind of devoting your, your energies? What are you getting paid to do that helps to create a solution for and to increase social justice and, and social change in your particular environment? So Robert Rock is a medical student. He'll be on the show in, in a few weeks. Uh, and really doing some great work. He's going to talk about medical education, activism, and community health, and the community health fair that he's involved with. Why is health a, a social justice issue? Bias and how that relates to larger systemic inequities, institutional level social responsibility to immediate community. Um, again, we know about the medical profession, and, and there's also the economic and institutional controversy about uh, health care and the and governmental policies. But when it, when when the rubber meets the road, how are we going to get and will we get fair and equitable health service delivery? And there's a lot of evidence, not not just theory, but evidence about the disparate treatment regarding health service delivery and, and disparate treatment in terms of experiment, uh, terms of research, disparate treatment, in terms of funding, et cetera. Robert's a medical student, a third year medical student, I believe, at Yale here, here at Yale University Medical School. And so he's going to talk about these issues, and he's been really on the forefront terms terms of young people, uh, um, uh, Lucy, launching and, and institutionalized within the medical school curriculum this issue of, of, of disparate treatment, implicit bias. We know there's research where doctors will look at a, will give, uh, say, a, a, one, one, uh, a white person a particular uh, remedy and not give that same uh, remedy to, to a black person for whatever reasons. Um, we have a lot of issue, controversies in terms of genetic research and the implications of that. So to have Rob, Robert, I'm really pleased to have a younger person. Robert's around, I think, 28 or so here on the on the show talking about um, 
medical education in, in the broad scope, but also specifically as it relates to, as I say, activism, social justice, bias, um, and just uh, fairness. And, and, and let, let, let's, all, let's all get healthy and not have to go through some folks have to jump over hoops or be, be squashed by things. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to having him on the show. Oh, he's also, <clears throat> he's also going to talk about implicit bias. I had a chance to attend a few lectures where uh, part of the medical, medical school education is for doctors uh, and doctors at, in training to understand that their biases can and do impact their diagnostic decisions. They can and do impact their, their interpretation of your illness. They can and do impact what prescriptions you might prescribe. We know there's been, there's been historical issues of Tuskegee experiment and other ways that the medical profession has, uh, has experimented literally on people, uh, sometimes without their knowing. Um, but, but Robert's going to be here, and I'm really looking for, forward to that discussion about social change and social justice within the, 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 medical, the medical profession. Let's, let's go to the music real quick. There to hear me and hear you. I would love to spend my years always near you. You're a blessing. And baby, here I'll always stay, never wander away. Satisfaction is the key. We're, uh, we're, we're back again, and I'm enjoying this show. Again, the format is, is obviously a little different than in the past. We do not have a guest, but we're kind of teasing you or, and hopefully inspiring you to listen. And in fact, Luce, folks can kind of find out if they miss Robert Goodrich, or if they miss Jonathan Berryman, or if they miss Enola Aird, or if they miss uh, Robert Rock. How can they uh, catch up and not feel so guilty about missing live the uh, Tom Ficklin show? Is this the pop question? Because I know the answer. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's another one behind oh, okay. this. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, if, if listeners are out there and they've caught maybe a snippet of this, but they want to listen to more or they want to listen to past episodes of the Tom Ficklin Show, there are a couple different ways to do that. One is you can go to our website, www.newhavenindependent.org, where I or producer Harry Droz will post a daily roundup of shows. You can also visit WNHH Community Radio on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Facebook, or WNHHLP on Twitter. And Tom, I am very pleased to say that your show has its own podcast. So if people look up wherever they get their podcasts, probably iTunes, if they look up the Tom Ficklin Show, those three words, Tom Ficklin Show, on iTunes, they will find your and only your podcast. episodes there and they can listen to um to this episode to you know future episodes once they've aired and also get uh get episodes before if they're really digging what they're listening to and we want we want them to dig and, and dig deep oh well, yeah did, did you mention the the website uh oh no i did not so if you go to wnhh.org 
we have a new website. It was designed mostly by Tom Breen, uh, who did it sort of out of the goodness and love that is in his heart. And it is deep, deep in there. And he has a show on WNHHLP, Deep Focus, which is every Thursday at noon. But he is also super savvy with uh, web design and web tools. And it looks beautiful. So, Tom, if you're out there listening, thank you. And Indeed. And so that's, again, just another example of why, again, if WNHH, number one in the United States. I mean, let's just, it's as simple and plain as that, Lucy. I can't say it any, any clearer. Um, and again, I'm challenging someone to kind of point me to a, a station and I'll listen to it that, that has the richness, the variety, the depth, also the talent and literally the experience. If you add up the years of the, the, the hosts and what they've done in their careers, Kika Matos, for example, who's on every two weeks, I think. She's, she, uh, is on kind of every two weeks or every month. Yeah. And, and she's an activist in the community, a really, really important activist. She does wonderful work. And Shafiq, he's an author, uh, a public speaker, a community organizer. Also, he's involved with construction, Mr. Shafiq. And he's a top cop. And, and he's a top cop. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a deep, it's a deep bench. Linda Green is Linda Greenhouse is a guest for the, the law show you mentioned. Earlier. Linda is no longer a guest, but we love oh. her very much. Um, so we're, we're winding down, but the, the pop question is Lucy Uh-oh. terms of, in terms of, so terms of, Terms I'm looking of, out. But but you but you 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 had the trigger the toggle so you can kind of t- turn off turn us off and go to the next show or go to music. But social justice, social change, in general, what does that mean to you? Oh my gosh! Well, um, I I think you know there have been about ten thousand and two think pieces on this since the November election, and I think generally speaking, that's a good thing. But social justice and social change can take many forms, and I I think for me it means making sure that you speak up for not just yourself and things that you're concerned about, but making sure that you speak up for members of your community. Um, hopefully you care about those members as much as I do. And, and Tom, I know that you care deeply about the new Haven community as well. And, um, and so I, I think, you know, here at the new Haven independent and WNHHLP, we have a platform to do that. And some people don't, and it's really, really important to me as a producer and I know to Paul Bass as editor of the New Haven Independent and director of WNHH that we make sure those voices are heard especially right now say a little bit more because we're going to close on you're, you're going to have the last word that's so and I, I was deliberately hold, holding you to the end because that's so I want people to understand this is not a a, a casual enterprise it is casual in terms of relaxed and not a lot of pressure but it's, it's a sincere enterprise Oh, yeah. I I think we're absolutely a sincere enterprise. So uh, the New Haven Independent is 11 years old. It will be 12 years old later this year. And WNHH uh, celebrated its first birthday last August. So now it's about a year and a half old. And in all of the articles that I think the New Haven Independent's reporters write, and I'm very proud to have been and, and to be one of those I think in all of the shows that we produce at WNHH, when all of the hosts come into the studio, it's to give voice to issues that they believe are very urgent and often to hold people in power accountable. And right now, uh, it, it, it's always important. But Tom, I think we could probably agree that we are entering a period of government where maybe that won't happen across the board. And it's very, very important, I think, to have our hosts come in and uh, and speak not only their mind, but w- what's concerning them as citizens yes. 
really um it it lifts me up i mean i that sounds so corny but the work i do at wnhh and at the new haven independent really inspires me and um and i hope it inspires our listeners and our hosts indeed it certainly does this is a historical moment like never before every moment is of, of historic importance but if you're on the planet right now understand that you are truly a historical agent and you can be an agent for social change and social justice. Lucy, thank you so much for, for sharing that. We're going to talk to you next, next Monday. And again, uh, I'm just so pleased to be a part and really pleased to know you, Lucy and, and Paul and the rest of the crew. Happy new year, Tom. Happy new year to everyone. Let's go out with Earl Whitaker. All right.